Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory, Derek Myron. What's going on? Mr. Eric Johnson, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm fantastic. So good to be back with you. And audience, you missed out on some really good talk before we hit the record button. Derek, you have a fantastic guest on the show. We got a chance to get to know each other a little bit, tell a couple of funny stories. It's good stuff. Who did you bring on? I brought my friend and colleague, Tom Oliveira. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be a part of this. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, excited to do it. So Tom runs and operates a wealth management firm in Modesto, California. And the title of this podcast is Collaboration in Financial Services, How One Plus One Can Deliver Exponential Results. And to discuss a little bit about Centura's program titled Centura's Elite Advisor Collaboration Program that both Tom and I participate in. So Tom, welcome to the show. Love to hear about you and your background and who you serve. The audience for this podcast are ultra high net worth individuals and the advisor community who serves those people. So with that as the background, let me turn it over to you and welcome and tell us a little bit about you and your history in financial services. Yeah, great. Thank you. Well, I, uh, I will tell you, this was not my intended life goal when I started out in school. I uh, I thought I'd grow up one day to be a stockbroker and uh, found out that the uh, average relationship that a stockbroker has with their clients is something like nine months and realized that uh, probably wasn't worthwhile to spend all that energy trying to, to work with a client only to lose them in nine months if you made a bad trade or two. So I got hornswoggled into joining Northwestern Mutual right out of school as an intern selling life insurance and uh, didn't realize, you know, the value of that asset at the time and only thought, is this a way I can make a living? A little bit of background on on my start in the business is that I had uh, I had a heart issue when I was young, 22, 23 years old. I needed to have open heart surgery and I was working at Rayleigh stopping shelves broke, married, had Central Valley, California, pickup truck with no air conditioner that I would, you know, roll back and forth to to work uh, filling shelves at the Rayleigh supermarket over here. And I uh, put myself through school. My brother and I were pretty broke growing up. We shared a bunk bed in the hallway uh, in my grandpa's house as we were kids. Uh, after my mom had divorced her second time. And uh, so I, I didn't really know what having money meant or what it meant to generate wealth or create wealth or even have extra money to do the kind of things that probably our clients and, and uh, advisors we're, we're talking to now have the ability to do. So to me, having wealth was this future maybe, right? And so having worked at Rayleigh's and starting out with this this Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance thing, I went in to see my doctor. He said, you need to have open heart surgery. Well, I had had full health insurance coverage at my at my uh, grocery store. So I said, well, I guess I'm going to go do this. And I went and volunteered myself for some open heart surgery. They cut me open and fixed me up. And in that healing process, I had six or seven weeks or so that I couldn't uh, go back to work. 
And so they said, don't drive. You know, your sternum's cracked open. You've got some wires holding you shut. And they said, stay home, don't drive. Well, I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to go sell some life insurance. So I, I slung on my suit and got in my four-speed pickup and rolled out throughout that summer in, uh, in Modesto, California, trying to sell some life insurance. And I thought it would be a good opportunity for me to say to my boss at the time, hey, I gave it a shot and it didn't work out. Now I can go get a real job. Well, during that two or three month period of time where I was trying to get back to work at Rayleigh's, I sold a couple policies and I enjoyed the freedom. And I thought, well, this might not be too bad. Maybe I'll give it another shot. And, and I, I resigned at Rayleigh's and started doing this thing full time right out of school. So that was my humble beginnings in the financial services business was just running around the Central Valley trying to sell life insurance. And uh, I would talk to anybody who, who could fog a mirror and uh, just try to uh, make enough money to pay the bills. So that was my beginning. Wow. Thanks for sharing, Tom. Incredible to hear how you started life and where you are today. Today, you have your own independent financial services firm there. Tell us about that. Who, who is Oliviera Wealth? What's the headcount? Who do you serve? Yeah, so we have an RAA here in Modesto. We manage the money for clients, and we've got four of us here in, in our office. My uh, goal has always been to be pretty nimble and allow for us to serve the clients that we work with here in the Valley. My, I, I have a tough time separating my, my clients from, you know, the old financial services track where you, you build up your client base and kind of shave off the bottom, and continue to grow has been tough for me because we have a small community here. Uh, everybody knows everybody. And I have a client that I may have had for 20 years that I have a tough time detaching myself from just in the hopes of getting a better, better client. So to me, I've got a, and maybe it's the wrong approach, but that's been my approach. We, we take care of all of our clients You know, we do a pretty good job. That's one thing I think we're pretty good at is, is touching and, and making sure we're available for our clients to talk with them about anything related to finance uh, or life for that matter. Um, and uh and trying to help them through their process so that's been our our deal we do a fair bit of insurance uh manage some money and uh enjoy life a little bit great thank you for sharing um those practice management issues everybody has right how do i uh, you take every client and then as you get bigger and better and get <clears throat> more knowledgeable about certain areas of financial planning and wealth management where do you think that is for you today like where do you think you, Tom Oliveira, provides the most value or who are the clients that you like working on the best as new puzzles that come through the door? That's a great question, Derek. So I realized that I, I know what I'm able to do in my wheelhouse. I think that my skills lie in working with people just on the intrapersonal side of things. And so my goal now is to just get in front of really great people and when I get in front of those people, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that they are comfortable opening up to me and the ideas that maybe we have to share and the questions that we want to get answers to. And then I realize now that I don't know everything in our business, it feels like many of the advisors know it all and have all the answers and we'll be more than happy to tell you 
about all the problems they, that you don't even know you have, and they're, they're going to solve for them. So I realize that that's not my deal. We have access to really smart people, you guys are top of the list. And so I want to get access to people that are good people, get to know them, understand who they are, what are they trying to accomplish? And then when needed, bring in the right people to help solve any problems they may have. I realized that I'm good at a handful of things and having others that are wise and experienced in certain areas allow for me to look good in front of my clients and it serves my clients better than I could myself. Can you share a little bit of the profile of the, when you say good clients, so I, I get the checkbox that, hey, I, I only want to I work with people that really value the work that I'm doing. I get that. But what do they look like, Tom? What's the profile of the ideal client? Or Tom and Olivia are well. Yeah. So now it's different than what it was, right? Now we have clients who are maybe a little bit more matured in their financial growth. They've oftentimes got business or they're, or an ag or some sort of farming, um, real estate. Uh, they've got high income, reasonably high net worth, um, have tax problems, uh, frustrations with maybe current advisor relationships, whether it's their financial people or their accounting or legal, maybe haven't had access or followed through on planning ideas that they should have implemented, perhaps buy, sell, estate planning, that type of thing. And so we tried to provide them an avenue to solve those problems that maybe keep them up at night. That's kind of been our, our, our push. I don't, I wouldn't say that we have a specified, I've met a lot of financial guys in the past that say, we work with dot-com guys who only make a million a year who are in the Silicon Valley. We're not that specific over here. We happen to have a lot of ag, we've got a lot of self-employed clients. And again, if I get a really great referral into a, a guy or gal, we want to have an opportunity to spend time with them and see if we can add value to whatever it is they're trying to do. So just to recap, what you just said is being in the valley where you're at, you're, you've got a big, diverse range of clients, and you're really taking on people you believe you can add value to that really like and appreciate the work. And that can be high-income people with very large estates to people that maybe not so high, high of income with is not as large as estates. So your, your product and service offering has to be diverse to serve all those different profiles of individuals yes yeah very wide and and that's why a lot of the the planning ideas we need others who have done them numerous times and can help you know you you we worked with you and your team a few years back with a client of mine that had some very specific needs that uh, in the charitable space in the tax planning space that you know we have attorneys here that can hodgepodge it together, but this particular case needed more expertise and the client was better served having you and your team work on that with us. Now we were able to sit on the client side of the table and ask you guys and kind of beat you up a little bit. And I think it made the client feel a lot better knowing that we were advocating for the clients first and foremost, and we were bringing you guys in as kind of the gunslingers to help him solve the problem. But at the end of the day, we could sit with the client and ask the hard questions to you that maybe they didn't even know they needed to ask or weren't comfortable asking 
which allowed them to get comfort with the planning that needed to be done. So it was a really good, I think, uh, collaboration that that helped the client. And uh, yeah, we were able to do some work as well together. Let's talk about how we met. <clears throat> it's also one of the ways that you're continuing to increase your abilities in your craft. And that was through a study group. I remember I met you five years ago where you were the I was invited to participate in a study group that had recently been started. And you were the nominated host at the time. Kind of a little bit uh, of a funny story that you relayed to me after the yeah. fact. Right. When we met, it, it's it's about five years ago right now today. Is it? Uh, okay. So it seems like just yesterday there. So we we uh, we were lucky enough to put together a study group for a, for a, a group of really smart people that they allowed me to tag along with. And for whatever reason, I got nominated to put the study group together. And I had a call from our, our, our group kind of leaders that said, Hey, we've got this new guy. He's going to be part of the study group. I didn't think twice about it. I threw you on the email list and sent you out that very rudimentary information that we had put together so far. And I've always been kind of a wing it kind of guy. So when I'm when I meet a guy like you, who's the polar opposite of how I'm wired, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. So I, my, my, my gal that's been with me for shoot 25, 26 years now comes to me and says, there's this guy, Derek on the line. He wants to talk to you. I said, well, what about, she says, I don't know. He wants to talk to you about the agenda for the study group. I said, all right, geez. Okay. Well, let's put him on the line. So, so you get on the line and I'm already in other things. My mind's not set ready for this call and. You go right out the gate. So, hey, Tom, um, considering joining you at the study group, and I really like to know what the agenda is. And I said, hey, Derek, nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, we're not really sure what it is yet. We'll have it out a couple of days prior, but it should be a good time. He said, no, no, no I, don't, I don't think you understand. I want to make sure that, you know, it's worth our energy and time and money to go to this thing. And, and so we went back and forth a little bit. And at the time, I didn't realize that I was talking to a financial planning celebrity in the market. <laughs> uh, Stop. I, 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 I then got off the line and I went to my gal and I said, holy smokes, who does this guy think he is? I've never met anybody so so like forward and focused as this guy was. I can't wait to meet him. But we, uh, we, we, we. Or, or uninvite him from the group. Yeah, no. We, <laughs> we convinced you to, to tag along with us and you, uh, you joined and were really a unique dude and really enjoy getting to know you over the last five years and i think you and i have you and i have bonded in a, in a way which is friendship outside of business and i really appreciate it and um been very happy to have you part of this group you've been obviously very instrumental in, in growing this thing and and help bring us all together so but yeah it was a very interesting call because you know we're we get kind of arrogant the longer we've been in business, right? I mean, I've got a little bit of ego too. And so, you know, I think a little bit of ego and a little bit more ego, you know, tying it up right there a little bit on the call could set us up for disaster when we met, but we hugged out and it was great. So now it, it was a funny story. It was, <clears throat> it was, uh, and I'm very thankful I uh, didn't get myself uh, uninvited <laughs> to, to the group. I thought I was going to be myself uninvited. I thought you might have pulled some strings and not have me be part of the group that I was supposed to be putting together. 
So Tom, a study group is a lot of time and effort and energy. Why, why did you put it together and why were you willing to participate and spend your resources in the study group? What's, what's the benefit of that? Yeah. Uh, so that's a great question. I've been doing this business for a, a number of years. And one of the things I learned early on, and this is back even at the old Northwestern days, was that it's not an easy business. And for those of us that feel like we are too smart for our own good, I think a lot of times those guys don't succeed in this business. I remember a young guy who started at the same time I did, first three of us actually in the same study group, same startup, right? It's a, a group that you training, the training group. And one guy had, you know, he was six foot two and he was the football coach or football player, quarterback at the local college, good looking strapping dude, had all the relationships. His parents had money. He had all the, you know, he checked all the boxes as someone who should probably be pretty successful in this business. And then there was me who was an, you know, very kind of quiet, shy guy, had no experience, no connections at all with any money. But there's a, there's a, a fire in the belly that you can't gauge in our business. And so when I started this business, I realized that others who are successful probably have something to share that might add value. So for 25, 26 years now, I've been have had the ability to sit in a room with a lot of really smart people and just observe and listen and try to take in as much as I'm able to so that I can apply that to my business. And what I've learned is there's a lot of guys in our business that already know it all. They already have a, a sense of uh, self-importance that they don't need anything from anybody else. And I think that's just a bad approach just in life and especially in our business. So I've always tried to align myself with people that I can learn from, that I can grow from, that I can add value to my clients, to my own life, and kind of pop on the coattails of others that have been there. So uh, that's been my thought process with, with joint work. And I've also realized that, you know, 100% of something's better than or a hundred percent of fifty percent of something's better than a hundred percent of nothing, right? That old saying in our in our group in our in our field that says, you know, I might go out and see a guy and and think I know what I'm doing and just blow the whole thing out of the water and get a big fat moose egg, or I bring in a, a, a firm like Santura and Derek, where I split the case, but number one, we got the case, and number two, it was probably ten x bigger than I would have been able to do had I done it on my own. So there's there's a an abundance mentality that I think goes a long way in our business. And a lot of our guys have a scarcity mentality, which, which I think mitigates their ability to grow and monetize their business the way they probably should. I think that's really well said. I think that that is so true. The scarcity versus abundance mentality. Wouldn't you say that the majority, you are the anomaly in the industry. I, I've been you I started in this business in 1998 and the majority of the people that I speak with and that I was trained with is you don't share what you know with others cuz you're afraid they're going to steal your lunch. It's not this unbelievable transparency of showing others in financial services 
how you add value. Is that, do you, have you found the same thing that collaboration well, is? Yeah. It, but I will tell you, there's some truth to that, that thinking, because even I, I remember being a really young agent and there was a hot shot advisor down in Fresno at Northwestern Mutual, who was kind of the top guy year in and year out. And I wanted to do some joint work with this guy. And I had gotten a couple of referrals into Fresno. And so I thought, well, this would be a great opportunity for me to do some joint work with this guy. Now, these are probably cases that probably could have done on my own, but I thought, let's, you know, let's try to learn something. So I referred these two cases to this gentleman. I went down to Fresno. We spent some time with these, with these prospects and I kind of left the, the ball in his court thinking that everything would be great and we get some business out of the deal and maybe we get back together. Well, he, he kind of led the follow up which was probably a problem on my end. And again, I was a kid at the time. So I, you know, I've learned a lot since then. And subsequently both these clients fell off the map and, and I never heard any follow-up from them. And, and the advisor said that, yeah, there, you know, there was no follow-up and, uh, they, they weren't interested and they kind of fell apart. Well, then I found out maybe a year later through the guy that referred us to these people that in fact, he had done a ton of business with this guy and never made me aware of it. And so there is, I think, a concern in joint work that that advisors have because it's happening. And I think we all have stories that, you know, we've introduced to our clients another advisor and maybe gotten choked out of the deal somehow or the relationship. And so it's a risk. But I think you have to take that risk sometimes if you can identify the right people that make that risk worth taking. So I would not probably have done that today with a handful of other people that I know because I don't vibe with them or I don't trust them or I don't have that feeling that they're going to do the right thing. Uh, I've never felt like that with you guys that obviously or I wouldn't send clients to you. And you've never given me any reason to think that that was an issue. We've always been involved in, in interactions with the clients and it's been a very open process. So I think that that is important. And I think that a lot of guys have been burned before. And so they're reluctant to do that. And it's unfortunate because I think that it puts kind of a little black eye on our industry internally that maybe those on the outside don't get the state. I think that's well said. I think additionally that Simon Sinek says this, and I and I, when I saw this video, it was shown to me by a partner here at, at our firm that the value of the ideas isn't the value. The value is those that can execute upon those ideas. And that takes people, process, and consistency in order to deliver these uh, to deliver on these promises. And so sharing ideas or sharing secret sauce of how to, how to go about or approach these cases, I, I just hope it becomes much more abundant because we as financial advisors rarely do compete with each other, rarely. And we get so much more by being unbelievably transparent about what each can do because Together, we can get better together through this process of transparency and working together. Absolutely. 
So you, we met in 2018. You decided, hey, let's start doing some joint work in, in 2019, join the program. Our, we have a program called Elite Advisor Collaboration Program, and we bring advisors and pl- figure out how to plug in to use their best talents and use our best talents. That's why we say this, one plus one has got to equal four or more. How do we get exponential resor- results by combining Tom's office with our office, capitalizing on both offices' strengths? Why don't you share what your experience has been to date, the good, the bad, the ugly about what what you've observed over the last, uh, since 2019? Yeah. So here's what's interesting is I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So in, in a study group, I realized that there's an entire, just an entire set of ideas, planning and concepts and strategies that exist that you hear about and you you see other guys talk about, but if you haven't applied them or seen them, you kind of don't really, they're not real to you. And so having been a part of this study group and having access to seeing some of the case studies that you guys have done, it opens up your mind to go, wow, that, that could apply to this guy or that could apply to this business or that could apply to these guys. So it really allows for me to take the planning and the ideas and kind of ship that into the fat pattern of other clients that I may have that I never had exposed this kind of stuff to. You and I are working on a case right now with a client that, you know, we've done, I've done a fair bit of work with him over the years and he's looking to monetize the sale of his business and it could be a big, big deal. And I would have probably at the end of this deal, maybe picked up a little AUM, probably lost the majority to some big M&A firm, money manager, and maybe done some estate planning on the back side. But with you guys kind of being involved on this thing from the front end, it's turned into what, I mean, it could possibly be like a, like a career changing case for a lot of advisors the, that I would have walked right by had I not been open to number one, introducing my client to you guys. And number two, been aware of the one plus one equals in this case 400 not four opportunity that was out there and and having the confidence to put my reputation on the line with these guys and say hey you need to spend some time with these guys at centura this is what they do i'm aware when i'm out of my wheelhouse and i'm still going to be along for the ride with you guys and sit on your side of the table like i was talking about earlier but these are these are strategies that these guys do day in and day out that you don't want me to reinvent or try to invent the wheel on when they've already executed them this step numerous times. And so it's been a great collaboration. And this guy's brought in his partners and, you know, it, it could be a really neat, fun case over the next year or two that we get to put this thing to bed, hopefully. Yeah. Thank you for your trust and confidence. And yeah, this, this is, will be a potentially life changing, uh, uh, career changing case for both your firm and our firm. But, um, these folks happen to have problems that they know they have and we're uniquely positioned to potentially help. And it's how, you know, it's how we're capitalizing on you and your strength of your trusted relationships to help them get to a good spot and capitalizing our strength on in process on, on a lot of these strategies. 
that very likely is going to help us get to a very good spot. So what has been your greatest learning in putting this together? So this case started, what, six, eight months ago or so. Yeah. Uh, probably work on it the next two years to get it done. And they're going to sell this business for who knows what, a very, very, very large sum of money. What, what's been your biggest learning so far? Yeah, one of the things that I've appreciated most about the process so far has been the the systematized method that you guys used for communication, for follow up, for consistent interaction throughout the course of the case. You know, my my history has always been, you know, we've got this case open, we'll kind of kick it along the road, eventually we'll close it. And you guys are very methodical again your process from right out the gate, which to me, I thought, well, I don't know if my client's going to go for this. Uh, this is not really how they're wired. And they they bought in right out and uh, have been very good at playing along, way better than I thought they would have been playing along with the, the expectations that you've set for them. So that was a big takeaway, Derek, was just how your team systematized the process, the communication, the follow-up, the homework, for the clients to do and keeping them to task and kind of moving this whole project forward on very regulated basis. I feel like that keeps us engaged, the clients engaged. It doesn't allow for the client to just mentally check out like oftentimes we see our clients do when life happens. And so that's been a big takeaway. And that doesn't even go into the, the, strategic planning ideas that you brought to the table, the just the ideas and strategies, which alone are going to save these guys, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes potentially. So I think it's, uh, the process was very impressive to me. And I brought you to the table because of the ideas and strategies that I thought you could bring to the table and add value with, but I was equally as impressed by the process. I guess that makes sense. Thank you for saying that, Tom. We've really, really enjoyed the relationship, making relationships and financial services with other people in our business and and sharing what each has, what specialties each have and who we can bring in, what resources make the most sense is very, very rewarding because we, we you know, as we get to know these other people, uh, the confidence grows, trust grows, and and knowing that we're going to get to a good result is is you know that's what, that's what we all want. We all want to make sure that we do well by the client and makes us all look good. So this is a lot of work. You join study groups, you join this EACP program. This collaboration is a lot of time and effort because it takes clients out of your your particular process. Is it worth it? Yeah, great question. Well, I, I think we will see historically the, the, the few cases we've worked on previous, I believe, has made it worthwhile. What what my curiosity will be on this particular case and with a couple others that we're looking to send and work with you guys on is the post relationship and how that kind of matures after the case is, is done and how the relationship will be stronger, I hope, and I think through that process and really build a client that is very loyal to, you know, the future of what we want to bring to the table. So 
Uh, I think that there's a lot of front-end value, and I think that there's a lot of back-end staying power with keeping that relationship strong and and us creating future value too. So, and other than that, I, I love being able to learn. I think I'm the guy that's not going to want to learn how to, I'm not going to want to put together a CLAT structure or bring all the people together to put together a PPLI deal. But what I will take from this experience is the ability to communicate ideas to my advisors and to my clients in a manner that allows me to open up future opportunities to bring back to the table here with you guys who've already got the, the, the structure in place to put these cases together. So that to me is a ton of value, just being a part of the process, watching the communication, learning the ideas, and then being able to replicate that with other prospective clients and advisors, and then just plug them into the system. The last thing I want to do is do one of these deals and then try to do it myself next week. That's just about how I'm wired. Uh, I don't have the social capital to try to pull that off, nor do I even have the desire, to be honest with you. So I think uh, the idea, access to ideas and being able to replicate that throughout my marketplace, I think is going to have a ton of value going forward. Great. Well, thank you for sharing. I think also as you get deeper into these cases, the deeper you get, the more you realize how complex they are. Absolutely. You really, you really do need a team of people because lots of issues come up and you have to keep, you know, figuring out how to solve solve those issues. Yeah. So Tom, we're almost here at the end of our time. What are your parting thoughts to other financial advisors who maybe don't do joint work, have not are, are apprehensive about doing joint work or joining a program such as ours? What would you share with them in our closing thoughts there? Yeah. So I'll I'll uh I'll close with a little story of a of a young advisor that I worked with. Uh, I brought into the business years ago and I taught him my whole kind of process, my language, everything that I could glean upon this young guy, I gave to him. And I was an open book for this guy. And I said, go out into the world and do your thing. And he had and said the exact same red letter language, the same sales ideas, the same proposals, everything was the same. And this guy could not convert that into a successful career. And I sat back and wondered why, like, why is it that this guy couldn't do or create success and he had the same weapons or ammo that I had. And I realized that there's a element of trust that your client has to have in order to do business with us. And a client is not going to write a check to a guy for a million bucks to do planning or $10 million to do planning if there's not an element of trust. And that trust comes from experience and wisdom, and I've done it before, and know-how, and follow-through, and all the things that, that are important for us to get these things done. And so this young guy, who I thought had all the ammo to go be successful, had this, the, the, the stuff that really didn't matter. What he didn't have was the ability to have his clients trust him enough to give him a lot of money to do those things. So those of you that 
that are not doing joint work or who think maybe that you can do these things, but yet you haven't ever done them, I would consider or think through like, hey, maybe I should swallow my ego for just a minute and reach out to these guys and bring a client or two to them and just say, hey, this is a, a client I've got a good relationship with. Give you guys that value. And you know, learn a thing or two and and create some value for your client. And I think if you look at it from a client's point of view, you're doing your client a disservice by not giving them access to ideas that can actually get implemented. Right. You can go talk to a client about how great their your ideas are, but if you can't put those ideas together, you haven't really done anything for your client except confuse them. So you gotta get it in the proper right people who can get the uh get it over the finish line and, and, and add value to, to everyone's relationship. Tom, thank you for that. Uh, I really want to thank you for your friendship. Your, uh, your being my colleague over the last five years for allowing me to participate in your study group. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, if any centers of influence or advisors want to get in contact with you, can you give us your contact info? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Email is Tom at Olivera Wealth. It's O L I V E I R A Wealth.com. And office number is uh, 209-579-2332. Happy to give you the scoop on Derek or any of his crew that you might like. And uh Derek, I appreciate your friendship as well. You're one of the guys that I didn't think that I would I would connect with as well as we have and and you're one of my guys now, so I appreciate you and your team, but more importantly, just who you are as a person and uh, and our friendship. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to tell you my story, and I hope this has you know, had some value for one or two of the people that might listen, and uh, wish you all the best. Tommy, thank you so much. So appreciative. Eric, you want to wrap it up for us? Absolutely. Gentlemen, this has been fantastic. Tom, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. And to the listening audience, of course, if you want to hear more stories about Derek uh, that we couldn't tell on the podcast, reach out to Tom because Tom's got them all. And I got uh, some good ones. There you go. Yeah, we'll get those stories on more of a personal level. We won't put those on the podcast. Again, Tom, thank you so much for being a great guest. Derek, you facilitate this every time. You bring on great guests. You get great information. If folks want to reach out to you and your team, why don't you give them some contact info there? Yeah, you're welcome to reach me on my email at dmyron, M-Y-R-O-N, at centurawealth.com, C-E-N-T-U-R-A, wealth.com. Perfect. Gentlemen, thank you again. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the team comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. But we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, because this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory.
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.